Today's show is a special one, my friends. It is the 1,000th episode of Locked On Twins. I could only think of one way to make this an appropriate celebration, but you're not going to find out until after the intro. So uh, it's time to buckle up and get excited because this is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins and the Prodigal Son. <laughs> if you are not watching on YouTube, you really need to because our baby boy Nash Walker is back for episode number 1000. And I have to believe, Nash, about 800 of those were you. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? Super good, Brandon. That The intro gave me almost, it made me emotional. I was like, I can't, my life for so long, it felt like every day I would see that and I'd hear it so many times. It's crazy to hear it again, but uh, doing really well. Love to see the show continuing thriving into the summer and what was such a special year for the Twins. For sure. And uh, I'm your host, Brandon Warren. If you haven't already figured that out, you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Nash Walker 9, as if you are a regular listener over uh, an extended period of time, you know his handle. And uh, yeah, we are appreciative of you making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, easy for me to say, as well as on YouTube and, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, want to get people excited about interacting with the show. We're going to do some new things as far as uh, running them live. So you'll be able to get them live as they go, um, probably most mornings. We'll probably do them early in the morning, record them the night before. But get excited because we're working on a consistent schedule with our friend Answer Dave Brown. But more importantly, we have Nash here today. First, though, we do have to give some love to our friends over at Jace Medical. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics, that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Nash, how is Reno right now? Reno's great, Brandon. It, it It's a really interesting thing to actually go through a season. I know you and I did postcasts. We did. I don't know. We did a bunch of postcasts. And, and I, I said coming into a minor league season, well, I've watched 162 Twins games before. I've done shows after every game for a couple of years, but then you actually work in it and it is the longest season <laughs> and it introduces you to the length of the season in a way that I, I didn't even, I couldn't fathom. It was amazing. I grew so much in baseball, my knowledge of baseball, just talking to coaches and players and trying to absorb. And then in the off season, you feel like, where's the games? You're just wondering what to do with your nights. <laughs> There's That was a part of being on lockdown twins too. Yeah. But it's especially so I think when just so much of your life is consumed by the schedule mm-hmm. and then getting into the winter is an adjustment. But I'm enjoying watching the Vikes. I know you got the sweet hoodie on. I'm enjoying watching football. It's always good. Yeah, got to represent the Vikings. I got to ask you, Nash, how did Reno come together for you? Were they on your radar? Were they a preferred destination? Were there a number of places you tried to go? Uh, how did it all come together? Because obviously – you know, the way the season ended for Arizona, a wildly successful season for the organization. But, um, you know, I'm sure Reno is probably not the number one location for people to start. Certainly better than not at all. Uh, how did it come together for you, though? I cast a wide net. 
in uh, you know, I was looking at teams. I, I, working for in the Twins org would have been super cool. I would have loved that. And yeah. I, I did cast a wide net though. I went down every minor league team for all thirty clubs and found out if there were openings anywhere. And then Reno was late in the off season. It came together late. It took a little bit to come together. But I remember I was talking to my parents and I'm like, oh, I'm interviewing with the aces tomorrow and, and my dad's like oh reno i've never even heard of reno i had no idea what it was i didn't know even where it was and it just i clicked with them so well and i felt i just felt right and i know that's it's it sounds cliche and and people always say it just felt right but it did and then when i went and i got here it felt like i did when i first got to mizzou where i just felt like it was a second home and i still miss minnesota always none of that will be home I felt like this was a second home for me and it was a place that I could grow as an opportunity for me here to grow on the air because I just didn't have as many reps and I didn't have that experience. All I needed was just here's your stage. Do what you do. You know, show us what you can do. And I was so excited and, and, and happy to just get that stage. It came together quickly to work at AAA was really cool. You know, we had 16 aces in the World Series. I think it was World Series may have been NLCS. Uh, this year and so just meeting them was so cool and seeing like their day-to-day and 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 learning what they do and you know that from covering the twins right watching it uh, is is different than watching on tv it's so you're so much more intricate and you get to know them a little bit and it changes it for you when you watch the games now my understanding is that broadcasters do a lot more than just turn the lights on and turn the lights off in the broadcast booth especially on the minor league side I've heard of some of them doing like the post game notes. I've heard some of them doing the pregame notes. Um, you kind of have to wear a lot of different hats, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely, and our our role is a content focused role. So I did TikToks. I would do like you'll see the twins do. You see a lot of teams do. What's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving dish? Like we would have that ready for Thanksgiving or what's, you know, what's your favorite? And, and we would say, well, who's your favorite NFL team? And then we would mash that all together and do a TikTok. So I did a lot of those. And then, yeah, we did stories too. You know, I, I would make videos and doing news really helped me because I did news at Mizzou. I was doing reporting while I was on the news, like doing live hits, making packages. And that helped me a ton when I was doing these stories to put together package-like features on, on players. I had so much... I just have so much creative flexibility. They let me do what I want to do on a, on the content front. So guys come back and it's fun to cover and ask them about their time in the majors. You know, how are they trying to get back? All of those things you can make pieces. And I just have so much creative freedom. So yes, it is, you know, the broadcast, I view the broadcast as something fun. I get to do at the end of my day because yeah. there's just so much that goes into the day and, and you do wear a lot of hats and that's the, the broadcast at the end is almost you know, it's this cookie at the end of the day, like, oh, now we get to go watch the game. And that's how I view it. And some people view it differently. That's how I view it. So if I were to set an over under at like 11 and a half or 12 and a half hour work days, is it pretty close? <laughs> yes, I think <laughs> during the season, the the bigger thing that people think about these long days, I think the bigger adjustment is you, it, it's really weird to not have weekends. It's It's just very weird to not have like your Saturday and Sunday. So that's something where your weekend is baseball. Like we're going in and we're there all day on Saturday. We have a day game Sunday. Like I'm back here at five o'clock. So your whole weekend is, is, is ball. Like I wouldn't have it any other, any other way. So the long days you get used to that. I think quickly 
it's mm-hmm. the weekends that's different because you know our whole lives like in school and in jobs you're always thinking about oh we're gonna get to friday and then it's the weekend we're just getting started like we have our promo nights fridays and saturdays those are the big the big crowds the big nights that was the biggest adjustment for me i think in a six-month season just there are no weekends that mm-hmm. that's what you do and when the season starts that bell goes off that that's what you're doing for 150 games i i again wouldn't have it any other way this is i i love it so how did like day games versus night games differ because so when you cover the twins uh day games you know you get up and at it earlier obviously but it's not that much shorter of a day if at all because you're still going to be there uh putting out fires maybe starting new ones <laughs> but uh you know how did those days vary for you uh day games versus night games when you watch the twins you probably think of it and i thought of it this way when i was watching the twins like if the twins have a day game on a on a thursday let's say you know, it's usually an off day you know some weeks if they have a day game on a wednesday or a thursday i view that the end of the day game into the night game on that next day so let's say that's friday night that's like okay let's take a breather so yeah. i view that as let's take a breather if you have six night games in a row it feels like you you don't get that breather as much the mm-hmm. day game i Yes, the the day is not necessarily shorter. You just get that time where you can go home, you can eat dinner at home, you can go to bed, you know, you can wake up and you have a night game the next day so you don't necessarily have to rush in there the next day and you get that extended period. So I always like the day games. People disagree with that. They're like I would do night every single day. I like the day game mixed in like a Tuesday series opener on Tuesday at, at 11 a.m. Like, that's beautiful to me. I'll get up and go, and then we're back by 4 or 5 o'clock, and you kind of get that break in between. So it, it varies. That's when I view it as the breather. I think you even view it that way when, when you're covering the Twins. You view yeah. it, yeah. you get that extra time, you get that night, and then you go into the next day and have a night game the next day. For sure. Uh, let's take a quick second and talk about our friends at Jace Medical here. And then on the other side, we will talk about, I want to ask you about travel. I want to ask you a little bit about the city Reno. Then we're going to talk twins because that's what we're here for. So just uh, let's take a quick second and talk about our friends over at Jace. And our friends at Jace want to make sure that you know that uh, we spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection. But today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. Try not to crack a smile if you can help it, Nash. But uh, (laughs) you realize what that means, that you can bring on extended travel, the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Ravashio. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. That's all one word at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just so I could have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit, and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly, highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by knowing that they have a yearly supply of any daily medication. Go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first, first purchase. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. 
Okay, we're coming out on the other end of things. We call our second segment the bullpen, talking about the 2023 season. Uh, I suspect, based on the layout of the Diamondback system, that you probably saw some pretty dang good players. Um, I did not double-check that. I'm admitting in prep that I did not do that. But, I mean, when you think of who would have gone through the higher levels of the minors, I would assume Jordan Lawler was around and a few other players like that. Who all did you see this year? And, um, you know, how was the quality of baseball? Because AAA is pretty dang good baseball. For sure. And that line's blurring and blurring and blurring. You see it with the Saints and Twins, too, and, and the Aces and D-backs, definitely. The the outfield depth is just amazing in this system. Corbin mm-hmm. was here last year for a very short time. He's so hey, You good. just missed him, I suppose. Yeah, just missed him. This year we had Alec Thomas. We had Jake McCarthy. Uh, we had Dominic Fletcher, like all those outfielders are so, so talented. That that group of outfielders is is awesome. And then among them, like the top prospects, we had Jordan too. Jordan was great. He, 16 games he played, hit five homers here, and he was gone. Wow. <laughs> that's the that's the that's what happens, right? You come, you play 16, you do well, you're gone. Then we had what was really cool too. We had these veterans come through. So we had well, we had Longoria on a rehab assignment. So he just yeah, comes yeah. up on the dugout, you talk to him, and then in the PCL, Michael Brantley, like chopped it up with Michael Brantley. Grady Sizemore came as a coach. Oh, wow. Gary Sanchez was there. We talked to Gary, like Didi Gregorius I talked to. Like, wow. It's just so cool because you get this opportunity. These players you've watched when you were growing up and they come through and guys I've talked about on the podcast on Locked on Twins and they come through and I'll go up, you know, to Didi and talk to him about beating up on the Twins and, and we laugh about that or, you know, Gary – Aaron Sanchez was here and I, I talked to Aaron Sanchez about his time with the twins. And so I kind of linked those two things together. We had really talented prospects. And then the mixture of that with the veterans who I've known feels like I've watched my entire life. Right. It, it's beyond words for a, just a baseball fan in me to, to be among that much talent and, and guys who are just so accomplished. What was your expectation for the PCL coming in? Because I think we all kind of, view it as an offensive heavy league. Uh, did it meet your expectations? It's absurd, Brandon. <laughs> it, is <laughs> beyond, it is beyond like it is. If we get, if we get a lower scoring game, we circle it. If it's five, four, like it is constantly 15, 11, you know, we'll get, it feels like on average, it is like 12, nine is a pretty yeah. average final for us. The offensive environment's crazy at home. It's, it is here. Our park super hitter friendly so you'll see for you and i who like look at numbers all the time you'll see ollie sanchez for example our catcher who was awesome so i was watching him all year and he was hitting like 305 and he had like a 400 on base percentage he was slugging five something and his way to run scored plus was 100 <laughs> it was just 98 rockies exactly 98 on the rockies exactly so i would watch him and i'm thinking to myself this dude's having an amazing year and then i would go do prep and he would be league average. And it, you find a way to not take anything away from him because he is having a great year for a catcher to be league average is, is fantastic. That's just the reality of the league. So my expectations, I didn't have many. Our opening day final, I think, was 16-14, and I, it woke me up right away. Wow. Uh, let's talk about travel for just a split second before we go on to Twins. What is travel like at AAA? And then – you know, how many cities did you see that you'd never seen before? And what was that like? I so I only did I did the 75 home games and then I went to Vegas. 
this next upcoming year, I will see all those cities. Uh, so I didn't get a full, they, I kind of eased into that at the end of the year. I went to Vegas and uh, traveled on that trip, but we'll see Salt Lake, Albuquerque, El Paso, Sugarland. We'll go up to Washington and we fly to most of these places. We'll bust to Sacramento. I'm really excited about the travel. I'm super excited to go. And we saw the minor league schedule change, you know, as you and I were doing locked on twins to the six game format and you're somewhere for a week now. So you That's can it. maybe try new places. You can go out to eat somewhere because you're there all week. And it usually would have been you're home for three, just like a major league baseball schedule. You might go on the road for four. You come back for three. You know, it's it's alternating. But this is six in one spot. So I, I'm really excited for that. I'm super pumped. Going to Vegas was awesome. Just getting that experience to be with the team and, like, fly with the team. And I, I can't wait. I'm super excited. So – do they ever do, and I assume the answer is yes, but six in a city and then six in another city, but not coming back home? Like you yeah. might be away from home for a long time. Yeah, 33 of our first 51 are on the road, and we have back-to-back road series twice in April and May, so I'll be gone for a while. So we'll be gone for you know 16 days at a time, not checking in back at home. We'll be gone that entire time, play 12 games in 16 days, whatever it is, and then come home. And then we'll have back-to-back home series at times, and – that those will get long, you know, you play 12 straight at home. It, it's, it's just the, the baseball schedule. <laughs> I yeah. can't even describe it. I can't even describe the day to day. And it's every single day you're playing ball. And I thought I was going to be ready for that. And uh, I feel ready now. I, I got an introduction. By the way, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever, ever, easy for me to say, national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I checked that out today for the Minnesota side. Absolutely phenomenal. Can't recommend it enough. Anyway, Nash, Twins. We got to talk about the Twins. Added four players to the 42 today, two last week in Junior Severino and Jair Camargo. Today, Emmanuel Rodriguez and um, Austin Martin. No surprises on the addition side. I mean, I guess Camargo, if you want to be surprised, that's fine. But the omissions, you know, I'd heard some rumblings that maybe Aaron Sabato was in the mix. And that surprised me, but I trusted the people who were telling me that. And also Jose Salas not being added. Tough year, kind of hard to imagine someone rostering him. But I'm sure obviously him not being the number one piece from that trade makes it a little easier to stomach if, um, you know, him not having a good season, et cetera. But uh, when you look at those additions, is is anything really jumping out at you? Because I thought, you know, Anthony Prado made some sense, had a really nice year. Um, You know, there were a few guys, Deshaun Kiersey, Kind of came into his own, reminded me a little bit of uh, this last year. Oh, the the speedy guy who had a great year at AAA. Why am I blanking on? He was on the roster at the end of the year as a pinch runner. Stevenson. Uh, yep, Andrew Stevenson. He yep. played in the booth with the Nationals. Um, nice breakout season for Kersia. I don't know if he's got a future in the organization or not. But again, these additions, anything surprise you or jump out at you? I don't think so. I think the one that is uh, potentially intriguing is Severino. I, I think we both expected Martin and Erod, uh, yep. Camargo. You want to stash as much catching depth as possible. Uh, well, you're not going to go through two catchers in a year again. That just right. doesn't happen. That was amazing. 
That was amazing. They're going to need Camargo at some point. I agree. Severino's the power and the switch hitting ability is is potentially intriguing. I know we were worried about Walner's hit tool and like the swing and miss and all that at AAA, and he did swing and miss quite a bit for the Twins too. It felt like he made an adjustment, and if Severino can make a similar adjustment, his is a little more extreme. But if he can make a similar adjustment, feels like hey. Maybe we have a first baseman, even just a platoon option. That would be big for the Twins at first base. So he's the most intriguing to me, I think, of the group. Austin Martin, I'm not, you know, I'm not selling on Austin Martin. I don't think I've sold on Austin Martin since that trade in 2021. And I think he's going to play a prominent role this year, too, for the Twins. And then Erod is just so exciting. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited about him. So not, not a bunch of surprises. I think Severino, because of the breakout he had, I'm interested if he gets a chance you know, if they give him a chance out of spring training, maybe even to make the roster. And then, yeah, I do think Martin's going to play a big role on the team this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because Dave and I talked about utility players. And, you know, I think we all kind of lifted one eyebrow when they signed Donovan Solano because it was kind of like, eh, you know, how is how does he fit on a roster that's got Kyle Farmer, that's got uh, Nick Gordon, that's got, all these guys who can kind of play all over the place. And then Solano has the third most played appearances on the team. And I kind of feel like I'm banging that drum a lot, but I get the sense that there's going to be opportunities like that for a lot of guys, whether it's internal or external. Um, some of the guys I like from the outside, I like Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, but we're not talking <laughs> yeah, about him. Eduardo Escobar. Um Whit Merrifield, I don't think he's going to be in uh, in their conversation because I think he's going to make a bit more money than they want to spend. But you start looking at these one-year guys. Uh, Kike Hernandez is one I come back to. Good clubhouse guy. Has played some outfield in the past. And then I also said maybe trade for Nick Senzel because Senzel seems to be if, – if Jonathan India is an odd man out, um, which has kind of been a rumbling, very good player, uh, Senzel I think is even further down their depth chart than that. But he can play all over. He's a post, post, post hype sleeper. Um, obviously not the number one thing for the twins to address this off season, but I am eager to see who is the next Kyle farmer, who is the next Donovan Solano, because I do think they're probably going to non-tender Kyle farmer at the dollar figure he's expected to get. Uh, I think Jeff Carr said with me, uh, Jonathan India is who Nixon Zell was supposed to be for the reds. Like they were so excited about <laughs> Nixon Zell and then it ended up being Indiana of kind of a similar, similar, uh, role honestly the Jonathan India thing that would be something I mean that would be to to see where he ends up I like yeah, I like this Senzel. he is Senzel is in that Solano vein like the right-handed platoon could potentially spark you and I like the Kike Hernandez thought too because I think Solano is a good clubhouse guy for them it yep. seemed like he was really well liked this year uh and he had a he just had a good year at the plate. He just had a, a Gio Rochelle year at the plate from 22. It was really similar. So Gio's a free agent too, by the way. Yeah, he is. Is he gonna broken be ready? Pelvis broken pelvis and all. I right. mean, is he gonna be ready to go? I don't know. Yeah, and that that's something to to think about is is you know the the tough thing to figure out with this team every offseason is how do they prioritize first base? Do they want someone like Reese Hoskins on kind of an upswing after his injury? If he wants a bridge deal, the Twins love those short-term deals with guys who, you know, have some potential. Um, you know, Hoskins isn't old by any means. He's been around a while, but he's not coming off the best season where he's probably going to get a four- or five-year deal like he might have wanted. But do they really want to do that and, you know, chew up first base to move Kirilov to the outfield? Kirilov, not necessarily healthy, 
so you can't really count on him. That means Walner's probably got playing time. Like you can kind of start, you can start flipping through a Rolodex. It's kind of, if not this, then what? If not this, then what? If not this, then what? And that's why I keep coming back to the idea of guys who can play all over. Um, because if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that the Twins would win a playoff game, their first playoff game, and the final play would be a smash that Donovan Solano makes a diving stop on at first base and takes to first himself. Boy, I don't know if I would have believed you. <laughs> that was special. That was special. I still get chills thinking about the fan noise on TV. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what it was like in person. Oh, yeah. It was, it was just amazing to watch. And Solano, like, deserved to be there. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was big for them all year. He deserved to play. The Kirilov thing – has it changed in in every offseason? It just feels like it's always the same questions. I don't. I'm no less faith in his ability to to hit at a high level when he's healthy. I, it's the same we same thing we've been saying for a couple of years. And yeah, it's like, can you trust him? You know, can you trust him to stay healthy at first base? You know, if he's healthy, that he's going to be great. I, I got hurt at first base against Toronto too. Like first base is, you know, uh, right. Royce got hurt at first base. He did that head over heels flip. I don't know. If yeah, you saw that him. was oh. They were yeah. using that as a highlight on on commercials for Bally, and I'm like, guys, no, <laughs> that was bad. That was not good. Yeah, that's always. I feel like maybe, and and you may disagree, but I think this is the biggest question for them again. Is is like first base replacing Sonny Gray is a big question, and then what are you going to do at first base? Do you, do you continue to invest in Kirilov and and believe that he's going to be there and play 130 games and have a what about Jose Miranda? Miranda. Yeah. Remember you and I. You remember you and I in postcast in twenty two, marveling about Jose Miranda. Just amazing. He was amazing. He's still there. Yep. What do you think? What do you think about him for this year? uh, You know, I'm not gonna. I I would say you kind of earmark like 150, 200 plate appearances just to kind of get a feel for what he's gonna be for you. Um, Obviously, the struggles to start the season were monumentous. It was not quite like Miguel Sano that last year or anything like that, but it was, you know, something that I think it looked like it was kind of weighing on him. And we saw that in his rookie season too, where he had that quick mental reset. He didn't even get to St. Paul before he had to come back. And so I don't know. It's like, how much can you rely on him? But at the same time too, it's a good problem to have. If you build a roster with a few more big leaguers, it certainly doesn't hurt to have Trevor Larnick, Jose Miranda, and a handful of these guys at St. Paul, you know, 12 miles away or whatever it is. Um, I, I just, I can't help myself. I do really like the roster. It's just a matter of how are they going to address the very specific needs they have to maintain. It's not necessarily a stranglehold in the center, but or in the central, but I really don't trust the Royals at all. The White Sox at all. Uh, the Tigers are making strides, but they're an incomplete team that just lost or is going to lose most likely Eduardo Rodriguez. Guardians are, I just, I think they're serious, honestly. So I like the roster right now for the Twins. And I just think, you know, with a couple of not even crazy moves, they can be right back where they were a year from now um, and maybe further. Think of how bad that the first half was offensively. And they still, they won 87 games. And they were in, Dan Hayes wrote this today. I just couldn't believe that I read this. They were in first place for all but five games. Five games. You would never have known that. You would never have known. It was just always looking in the rear view. Coming out of the break, I think, was – or going into and coming out of the break, I think, was – That was the only five days. (laughs) Yeah. The only only time. That's – 
for the whole year though because of how and i'm sure you saw on twitter or x or whatever they're calling it now um it was it was some choppy waters out there for twins fans let's just be honest Oh, definitely think of how rough it was and they still won 87 games they still ran away with the division to me i think they're i think they're heavy heavy favorites to win the central again the the goal for me is like let's get a first round bye let's not play in that wild card round next year Get a first round by win 90 plus games see if you can beat the west winner or the east winner whoever it may be and i think that's reachable you know maybe they need to do something you know add a four or five win player to get to that point you could also argue they could do that at the deadline like this is one of those off seasons usually i'm always just let's go let's go let's go i think they're in a such a good spot in comparison to the rest of the division that I think they're going to be okay, even if they have one of those. But they did have that offseason in 21, and that year just went so poorly. But if they had a similar offseason to that, I think they're going to be okay. What do you make of the idea of a potential payroll reduction? Um, To me, it's small potatoes because of how many Bally teams there are. And then two news coming via Dan Hayes, love Dan Hayes, um, that the Twins may have something lined up to broadcast games where you know it's not going to be the money that they would have gotten from Bally if Bally could actually pay it. But um, as far as a payroll reduction, I'm not losing that much sleep over it. I'll tell you why. Because I think, above all, I really expect them to maybe try another Pablo Lopez-type trade where they identify someone that they think they can build up. You know, and Pablo is good before the Twins. Right. He just turned to, uh, you know, an absolute stone-cold ace. Um, so you start kind of identifying guys, and it's Jesus Lizardo is the guy I keep coming back to. Um, the Marlins are going to have a different GM. You know, uh, Kim Ng is out of there. But uh, between them and the Reds, I feel like the tw- <laughs> the Twins have some opportunities to go get Senzel after they've been trading with the Reds. And uh, who knows if the Marlins – because because here's the deal with Lizardo, if you haven't followed that closely. He's due about $6 bucks. But he's a super two, so he's going to get really expensive really quickly. So while he may not be burning a hole in the Marlins' pockets right now, they do run the risk of sitting on him for a year. If there's any velo drop, any injury, he goes from a $6 million luxury to a $9 million albatross very quickly. So here's what I'm thinking. If you have to trade Emmanuel Rodriguez, as much as that hurts, as much as I would hate that, I would do it for Jesus Lazardo. It's an interesting thought. I'm thinking of the Marlins. It's, it's hard because now Kim is gone. You're thinking of their thought, their right, their thought process is hard to think of because they have they have a rise now, and I think he has two more years. He's getting expensive too. So yeah, I think the Marlins, like for years, we've been saying go get some Marlins starters, and they did it last year with Pablo. I think I love Lazardo. I mean, Lazardo's electric. He would he's be incredible. he would be awesome at target field people are continuing to talk about milwaukee which maybe this is the year maybe this yeah, is yeah. the year Corbin we've been saying that for years too right Corbin. we know about this front office is you hear about a certain guy and then they they don't get that guy <laughs> you right. hear about Corbin us, yeah yeah but and actually just, pablo, yeah. pablo buzz was pretty loud last year yeah, yeah. yeah the pablo buzz was loud Freddie Peralta, I just dream on Freddie Peralta. Cost controlled, three years under team control. That's the type of guy they would, they I think would target over a Burns for one year. I think they'd pay maybe a little bit more to get three years of Peralta for sure. I'm dreaming on him. Who's a who is off limits though in this system? Brooks Lee, Walker Jenkins, is that it? 
I think I'd be open. You know, if you're getting a cost control player, I think I'm open to uh, to a lot in the system. I think generally the the control really does matter. Like one year of Corbin Burns, you're probably blocking off. Like I'd block off four or five guys for one year of Corbin Burns, even though I think Corbin Burns is excellent. But like five years of a good young starter, hypothetically, yep. I'm yep. probably opening it up a little bit. Well, and they wanted to do that with Zach Gallon, And I've told this story before, and maybe to you even. The Twins said, hey, Miami Marlins, we like Zach Gallon," And the Miami Marlins are like, no. Nah, we're not trading. And then like a week later, they trade him for jazz Chisholm. I mean, mm. great, like great trade, great player. But the fact that the twins identified gallon, some handful of starts into his career as someone they wanted. And now you see how good he is. And now you see it, you know, you're in the organization. I feel like, you know, you, you mentioned Woodruff and why would he be available? The brewers are in transition. They lost their manager. They traded Mark Canna to save money. Um, why would they trade Woodruff? Well, because of money, most likely, right? He's going to make a lot of money, and they may not be as good as they want to be. Well, if the Twins are reducing payroll, going and getting Woodruff kind of kicks that concept uh, in the pants a little bit. So I think they're going to want – and that's why I come back to Lazardo. You will never, ever sign anyone close to that good for $6 million in the free agent market. And I'm not reinventing the wheel saying that. But what I think about is you go get that cheaper – pitcher and then you can fortify your offense with you know um you're probably gonna need someone who can hang in center my pipe dream is cody bellinger it's not going to happen but he can play center he can play first where are you weakest at health wise center and first so but i know the exit velocities aren't great the the uh the page the savant page doesn't necessarily show you a 900 ops guy who's a good center fielder so i don't know um it gets tricky because to all that infield depth you know, do you trade Jorge Polanco? Can you get that much? I love Jorge Polanco. I think he's one of the very most underrated players in the game today, or at least the American League. But who's the best starter you can get for Jorge Polanco? Is it um, Adrian Hauser from the Brewers? Is it someone better than that? Because, again, I like Polanco, but a second baseman making $10 million, I don't know who's trading you a needle mover. I thought about the Rays too in all yeah. of this, and and they're always a wild card. <laughs> you never, they're always active as well. Like, can you potentially try for Tyler Glass on a one-year, twenty-five million-dollar deal? These are people that everyone is noticing. You notice these guys because they're on expiring deals on teams that want to shed payroll usually. So you notice these guys. Glass now, if you could find that lightning in a bottle for one hundred and thirty innings, I personally think I watched most Twins games this year. I think the best starter. They faced this year in a, in that particular start was Glass. Now he was I, his stuff is just unreal. He's six foot eight. The extension with the fastball already at a hundred, and he has 99th percentile extension because he's so big. All in Houston situation. Yes, yes. I just think he is. I think his stuff is. I think his stuff is the best in the big leagues. And if you could get him for just even one year, and you and he stays healthy for just that one year, you don't need five years. You just need that one year. He could be such a difference maker for them. And maybe they pay him. You know, that, that right. there is enough flexibility with two superstar talents making about 40-something million dollars in Correa and Buxton where you can add another big contract. Now, Lopez is going to jump from $8 million to $20 million, so that's got to be factored in there. But I also think they could backload a few deals this offseason if they want – not a few, but if they want to sign a, a fairly sizable deal with – 
Um, I don't even know who, who even fits the bill because this offense is so weird. You know, you don't know who's going to stay healthy, where you have gaps. You, are you going to spend much money on a center fielder or are you going to get like Harrison Bader and kind of piece it together? There's just so many questions. And then you and I both know they're going to go out and trade for someone we're not even talking about. Keller <laughs> or, uh, you know, any any number of guys where it's like, who's that guy? Or they'll sign Eric Fetty coming back from overseas and it will make sense, but it will come out of nowhere. It's like when Homer Bailey and Rich Hill signed that day. Um, <laughs> I think it was New Year's Eve or just before New Year's. And it was like, where did that come from? They're going to trade a lot for a starter a lot of people have never heard of, but we know is good. <laughs> and then you're going to be – Keeps coming up. Brian Wu of the Mariners keeps Oh, for sure. Up. Right. And they have so many guys who are just electric too. Uh, Nash, before we go, just how how are things – how excited are you going into next season in this role? And how are you going to spend your offseason? Are you coming home for the holidays? Are you – resting and recuperating you look pretty jacked so i know what you're doing in your off time um, what, what does this off season look like for you i will be home yes for the holidays uh looking forward to that or with the family you know we'll be all out and about um yeah, yeah this is this is definitely a time to regroup and get ready for the season and take this time to take a breath you know get sleep you know, to eat, sleep, all the things that sometimes you aren't, can't always do during the season. You know, baseball comes first during the season. I'm super excited. I'm like counting down to opening day, as we always do. But I'm just like to be in it and get that taste of it for that year gets me so excited to get back into it again. I cannot wait for the season to start. We open in Vegas this year, uh, final four weekend. So I can't, I can't wait to get there. I'm super excited. Nash Walker in Vegas sounds like a. <laughs> um, Reno looks good on you, man. It's so great to catch up with you. Thousand episodes. Who would have ever thought? Who would have thought? And Brandon and I did about 70 of them together. Do we do 70? Maybe more than that. I mean, I had you on in 2019. We you were one of the first episodes. I had you on in December of 19. We did a crossover. And then in uh 21, I was just certain they were going to be so good and then uh it was i <laughs> a lot of things happened yeah uh, that shoemaker happened yeah. <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for taking the time out um if you have time and if we find time we'd love to have you again because you're obviously still very plugged in with the twins um okay last thing for you who would be if i like to ask this on twitter um if you were to think of one name the twins do not have in their organization right now that they will come opening day who is it one name it's it's difficult to hear about the payroll and then try to project free agents that's why i think it's got to be someone cheap like carlos santana you know what i like brandon i'm hoping for this the projection for liam hendricks was 2 years 12 million i would love to see like 2 million in year 1 when he's coming back from Tommy John and then like 10 million in year 2 and bring him back and just have him in the clubhouse and like have him back in Minnesota and then maybe you get like that frontline closer backline closer in year 2 for 10 million he had Tommy John surgery I would love to see Liam Hendricks I'll I'll predict Liam Hendricks because I would love to see Liam Hendricks back in Minnesota yeah, and I kind of come back to like Carlos Santana or uh, Cal Quantrill got DFA'd by the Guardians. Mm-hmm. He 
him resurfacing in Minnesota, but who knows uh, what he has left. They've had a couple guys fall off between him and Plezak. Plezak was the other guy who got dropped from the 40. But, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your evening, your off season, And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep up with you on Twins Daily this off season. I assume you'll be doing some more stuff there too. For sure, yeah. Subscribe to Locked on Twins, everybody. Brandon Warren, subscribe. You know that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are going to do something crazy, and you're Mm going to want to hear Brandon break it down. And they're not going to publicly lambaste Alex Kirilov or Byron Buxton in the media like Brian Cashman did. (laughs) But we have been having a Minnesotan goodbye here for about the last 10 minutes. Thank you so much, Nash. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. We'll see you later. This is Locked on Twitter. Yes.